Welcome to the Charlie Helmick campaign broadcast. Charlie, how are we doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing exceptionally well, thank you. Yourself? How's the weather out there in Illinois? Oh, it was a nice day. It was up to, I think, 51 degrees. For well, February, I'll take it. Well, I think we have a special guest tonight, who she is. Absolutely, Ms. Penny Nelson. She's the uh, outreach chair for the Illinois Freedom Alliance. Well, we're going to hand it off to you. Um, looking forward to hearing your conversation, and God bless you. Outstanding. Thank you very much. Welcome to my podcast. This is where we discuss politics, government, and public policy. This is part two of Penny Nelson's interview with us. She has a lot to say, and I am ready to jump in there. How are you, Penny? I could not be better, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I guess I was telling uh, telling uh, uh, Val there that our our weather was exceptional today. Yes, uh, absolutely. And you know, we noticed at five o'clock that it was still light out. Yeah. So <laughs> that's promising. <laughs> We're getting daylight <laughs> after after five o'clock. So um, that's just uh, you know closer and closer to spring. I was really happy that. Um, my, you know, I have a couple of businesses that we own and operate, and, and I, I don't like paying people to, like, you know, clear my snow and stuff, so I have my own machine to do that, but it doesn't get all the way down, and it was still kind of slippery underneath with the ice, so the sun coming out, the, the weather warming up, it melted a lot out of that parking lot, so that makes me feel a lot better when I have customers coming into the either the insurance office or our new store uh, at 500 First Avenue there in Silvis. What's the name of your store, Charlie? Uh, no, what, what right now it's, uh, it's Family Jewels and More uh, currently. That's the new gift shop we just opened up there in Silva, just down the street from our you know, uh, from our insurance agency. And if you have a chance, you should stop in, check out some of the bling we have. We, I think you'll enjoy now it. that it's warmer, now that it's warmer, um, I I will definitely get out more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's been a, a lot of people's. Um, uh, uh, I guess reasons they stay home is, is the weather. Some people are, are, you know, they really enjoy the winter. I'm not so much. I'm not, uh, I've never been into winter sports, uh, well, I guess since I was a kid. Right. We definitely live in in an area that, you know, a lot of people couldn't live in this in this climate. But we, we make it through it every single winter, don't we? We sure do. And speaking of winter sports, right now we're, we've got the Winter Olympics. Have you been following any of that action that's going on? No, actually, I'm not. I'm boycotting that because it's based in China. Right. And I think they've done enough damage to, you know, the rest of the world that, you know, love the athletes, you know, hope they succeed and do well. I, I hear that they are struggling with some of the isolation and whatnot, with some of the testing. That was really hard to see. But, um, you know, I, I wish them wish them the best. Um, and I hope that the United States of America just shines um, brightly as we always do, but uh, no, I can't. I can't um, put my eyes on on any of it, unfortunately. There's a young lady, uh, American citizen, that is competing for China. Her mother's uh, home country, I guess. Came, you know, she came from China, and she, I guess she just won a gold what a gold medal for uh, China uh, as an American citizen. I I don't think I've ever seen something like that before. But you know, like I said more power to the athletes. Um, uh, I, I I like the idea of the Olympics, 
um, during the COVID. I think it's really, really being held back. Um, I, I, like you, I've seen some of the um, athletes who are being held in isolation because they tested positive for COVID, and they're talking about the uh, the conditions that they're going through, which are not uh, not ideal by any means. Um, no, not at a number all. of things. Extremely undesirable, that's for sure. Yes. There are a number of, of things going on in the news um, currently besides the Olympics. I remember, you know, if you remember, um, a few years back they had a Beltway sniper case out in D.C. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. Right. Is that back in the news? Yeah, this um, Lee Malvo, he was 17 at the time when he was out shooting with a man named John Muhammad, who was, I believe, an ex-Army uh, soldier at the time. Uh, they shot something like 10 people, uh, killed nine, injured one, and this Malvo was sentenced to six consecutive life terms for his part in killing four people and injuring one. And his attorney is trying to get him basically released. Apparently, Maryland passed some kind of new law that if you were 17 and you committed a crime, that you served uh, no more than 20 years for that crime. I that think that's is insane. That is, that is insane, absolutely. You, you do the crime, you do the time. What kind of message um, are you sending to people these days, uh, criminals especially, where you can do these kind of things, and it's not your fault. It's somebody else's fault. You can or go there, you know, they, go ahead. Oh, you can go and rob a, a store, but as long as you don't steal over a certain amount, it's a misdemeanor that smacks you on the wrist and sends you home. Yep, that's what I was just thinking. You know, some of the the looting that's going on in in the stores. I I saw one. It was a makeup store, I think, in um, in California, and they just went in with bags. And just took as much as they wanted, and I think it's I think the limit is what nine hundred dollars. That you know, as long as you don't take more than nine hundred dollars, you're good to go. Right. And that 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 to me, I don't understand. I don't understand the defund the police. I don't understand you know, that they just release the criminals as soon as you know, as soon as they come in, then then they're back out on the street. Uh, I I really I'm it just boggles my mind. Well, that's part of that no-cash bail that they, that they passed, that putting a cash bail on a defendant that couldn't afford the cash bail and having them sit in jail because they committed a crime was just cruel and unusual. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I think it's cruel and unusual to commit a crime. <laughs> that's what I think. It's been and more I think usual that it's in our in our society to commit crimes because the punishment doesn't match the way that it should as far as is the you know, penalties are concerned. Correct. I did I did notice that there are some people who are being um sentenced uh for taking part in some ballot harvesting and some election fraud. So that, that, that tickles me pink. I, I am thrilled about that. Well, how's that possible? The Democratic Party said there was, there was no fraud or ballot harvesting. You remember? This was an absolute legit election. Just listen to the Democrat Party. They will tell you that. Right, because it's not, you know, it, it's not who votes, it who counts the, who, it's who counts the votes, right? Right. There you go. See? See? <laughs> We've learned their language. That's horrible. Yes. Yeah, well, when you're subjected to it, 
I believe that's part of the strategy. They subject it to you time and time and time again until, you know, they say if you tell a lie enough times, you begin to believe it. Right. Right. So at least we can, recognize, we can recognize when they're saying those things that we know they're yes. lying. So that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's good awareness on our part to, to pay attention to those things for sure. Well, I've heard that many times that, you know, how you can tell if a Democrat's lying is lips are moving. <laughs> right. Let me know. <laughs> or was it politician? I don't remember. I think it was Democrat. Absolutely. But this is part two of our podcast that we uh, had last time. We're continuing on with that because we learned a lot of good stuff and we had a lot of stuff to say. Um, so has, what's happened since our last interaction there together? Anything new or exciting with the IFA? Oh, wow. We have had, um, after um, we did the last interview, uh, we went down to Knox County and visited with the Knox County Patriots, and that room was full. In fact, um, it was standing room only. There were so many people there, and I was so pleased. Uh, They have a great group of Patriots down there. And so, um, you know, there was candidate, There were candidates getting petitions signed, and just a just a very passionate group of people. And after we got done um, speaking, and after I gave the presentation, we had there were four people that came up. Two wanted to volunteer to be poll watchers, and two election judges. Okay. And then I, right, I received a phone call the next day, and an, and another form filled out on our website of people who. I wanted to get involved and wanted to learn more about the, uh, being a precinct committeeman. So that those are the things that, that we are really, really pushing for is getting people involved to become all three of those things. So, so we had, you know, six volunteers. I think there were probably 65 people there, 65 to 70. And, you know, if you can change one person's life, um, you, you know, you've really done well and we changed six. So I was very pleased with that. And then the following night, um, we had the Illinois attorney, who's he's a candidate, David Shostokas. Um, yes. He's running for Illinois attorney general. So we had him at an event and had a nice little turnout there. And then we have um, another event coming up this week, next week, and the week after. What do you know so, about the County Patriots? Uh, who runs that organization, do you know? Um, Barb and Susan are the um, cohorts together in that in that group, and then Chris I, is also part of that group. Yeah. And they have they haven't been together but maybe I think six months, and um, they have a great great group down there. Just the room was full, and so that it was really exciting. It was very exciting. okay. Just gonna give them a little shout out there for yeah they yeah they together. I've been to about five of, of their um, events, if you will. And like you said, it's just it's standing room only um, most of the time. They are some real patriots down there, and they should, uh, they should be recognized for their achievements and their participation. Absolutely, absolutely. They're really, they're, they're branching out, um, and we're actually going to be meeting again. Um, to talk about going into Mercer County and Warren County. <laughs> so they're they're helping us in those counties as well. So that'll be very exciting to be able to, to jump everybody on board. You know, we're all about unity and getting everybody involved. Yeah, so yeah. and just and just 
getting getting people you know motivated and excited about you know um, being part of the process, the part of the political process. So when you have these events, what all goes into planning and events? Oh boy, a lot of hours, a lot of conversations. <laughs> so we do have um, um, individuals who contact us and ask us, you know, um, I'd like to be at one of your events. Would you be willing to let me speak? And so we, you know, we calendar everything out. We have to put a social media program together. Um, we have to put a, you know, design um, things to go out in our um, email list. And so with all of that, with the group, you know, we're a very small organization. So we, you know, we all put all of our different hats on, um, having to build extra pages onto the website, and then planning food, planning who's all going to be there, um, the entire evening, coordinating that, getting people to either register online or prepay for their food. So that coordination. So it's, it, it's a lot of hours being put into an event, and we have been doing them weekly. What events do you have coming up in the near future? You mentioned it. Um, yes. So on Thursday, we have um, Stephanie Trussell, who is uh, Darren Bailey's lieutenant governor, and she'll be speaking. And then we have a fundraiser coming up for Charlie Helmick on the 18th. I don't know if you'll be there or not, Charlie. No. <laughs> I'm planning on making Are you, are you planning? I think it will be a big time. <laughs> well, Charlie, I know that you've been at a lot of our events, and we really, really appreciate your support. Um, so we'll be doing that. And then an individual, his name is Joe Oltman, and he um, has been at one of our events previously, a spotlight for election integrity we had in November. And so he'll be attending and um, doing an event on the um, the 26th. And then we're going to take a little break out of potentially out of Rock Island County for the following week and looking at scheduling and um, events in Mercer County and Warren County because in the following week, March 7th, is petitions turning those in. So we know uh, everybody will be <laughs> really busy that week. Time. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, that, that will be exciting. Have you met Stephanie Trussell before? No, I have not. I have not. And the one, the one thing in our, our organization is we give everybody a voice. So we will have all the different slate of candidates. We, we believe that we um, are a, an avenue for candidates to be able to speak to the people, directly to the people, during a, and have a Q&A afterwards. So we give everyone the opportunity to take the stage um, with their speech, talk about the values, talk about policy, talk about the things that they're, they're, gonna, that they're going to do, you know, if and when they're elected. So um, we, have, we have tomorrow, uh, I'm sorry, Thursday night, um, Stephanie Trussell, and then the following week, um, in connection with your fundraiser, we're also having Aaron Delmar, who is the lieutenant governor candidate with Gary Rabine. Yes. So we, we, we try to cross all aisles initially during this petition signing time so that everybody has the opportunity um, to be heard and to let people you know, know which candidates, how many times do we go to the polls, and we do not know who the candidates are and what they stand for, and they're just names. Well, this yes. gives the opportunity to put a face with a name. I've met Stephanie, uh, and I found her extremely intelligent. 
been a good conversationalist. Really, 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 I think a, a good candidate for lieutenant governor um, that she's running here in that position with with him. Um, you get involved in the governor races, or have you gotten involved uh, more in those, or no? Well, uh, we we did go. We did attend a, a debate. I do not remember. Um, it was up near Chicago. And there were four can- governor candidates, and we were there just participating. Uh, we have had uh, Gary Rabine at several of our events uh, to be able to speak and, and talk to the people. Um, we have not had Darren Bailey. Um, it, you know, we, we always invite everyone, but everybody's schedules are full, and they plan out, you know, months in advance, it seems. So, you know, dates just haven't, haven't coordinated with some of, the, some of the candidates, but we have had the opportunity to meet uh, most of the candidates one way or another. Have you had an opportunity to reach out to or have uh, some of the other candidates from the Chicago area um, that, are, that are running? Have you had any contact with any of them? Was it Urban? Uh, no, no, he's come in. He's come in late. Um, Richard Urban has. So, I've I've only watched some videos and, and read some articles. Uh, Max Solomon was at the uh, gubernatorial debate that we attended with okay. um, as as Illinois Freedom Alliance. So we've had the opportunity to meet Chris Roper, um, who's running uh, Gary Darren. Um, I have not met two of the candidates personally, and that would be Paul Schimp and um, Jesse Sullivan. Have they reached out, or have you reached out to them? Or I, I haven't seen either one of them either, so I'm kind of well, interested in whether or not they're going to make it into our area. I would imagine so. Well, Paul was at the Republican headquarters down here in, in Mark Island um, and did when he announced his lieutenant governor. And I was not able to attend that event. And so I know that he has had a presence here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, I, Sullivan, I got an invitation from uh, the uh, Bloomington area to attend a meeting for him, but it coincided with another event that I had, so I was not able to go down there for that event. But I just kind of wondered if he was going to make his way up here, which I would imagine he would have to. At some point, I, I haven't I haven't heard I haven't seen nor heard if he mm-hmm. is attending any events in the, in this area. Okay, so well we'll, we'll see, see what we'll happens see. in his bid for governor. Right, right. It's a now, very important position. It's a very important position. <laughs> They're all very important positions. You know, Absolutely. don't get me wrong, but you know, as as governor, um, it's 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 definitely an important position, and it's important that we replace. Um, the oh, that we that we have. Absolutely. So I think most Illinoisans are in agreement with that. Right, <laughs> right. What plans does the IFA have for expansion to other states, uh, counties? Are there any well, plans for that? We we are reaching out. In fact, I had a which I was very thrilled. I had a um, a woman just uh, on Sunday reach out to me. Uh, she had done a search online. She is from DuPage County, and she had done a search for um, how to be a precinct committeeman, and our website came up. 
And so she reached out to us, and I had a wonderful conversation with her. And within three hours after speaking with her and the importance of her becoming a, a precinct committeeman, um, she had already figured out it was, it's a lot of education is what we do and, and the process that we're, we go through. So she had already um, emailed me back. Uh, it was at 5.18, and I had gotten off the phone with her at 2.30. And she said at 3 o'clock she had a dentist appointment. So this woman, worked, she's on fire. She worked very hard, uh, very quickly, emailed me and said, I already know my precinct uh, number. I know that there is no PC, Republican PC, in my precinct, and I'm getting my paperwork, and I will be getting my petition signed to become an elected PC in my precinct. Nice. And, you know, I was, I was thrilled. So we, we talked about she, she is starting to go through DuPage County's um, county clerk website. She and I stepped through it together. And I kind of gave her all the information. This is what you want to look for. Um, and she's going to start doing an initial analysis of Downers Grove. Then she and I are going to um, talk next week. DuPage County is huge. Yes. As well as Cook County. It's their, you know, Rock Island County has 120 precincts. Just Downers Grove Township has, I think, 140 precincts, and that's just one township. So, yeah, it's 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 a massive, um, it, it's it's a massive area, but it's doable. It's doable because you know, with being a precinct committeeman, you know, it's your neighborhood, right? We're we're not trying to bite off more than we can chew. We're not taking the whole elephant. We're just taking little bits of it and biting what we what we have the opportunity to have control over. And that is one area that we have control over is, is being a PC. So if I got a wild hair and I moved over to Iowa and I wanted to start a branch. Yeah, uh, please do. <laughs> the Iowa Freedom Alliance. <laughs> that, you know, How would that work? Uh, we, would, we, would comp- we would do it the exact same way we're doing it here. And that is first do an analysis of, of your county and take a look at each precinct, um, precinct by precinct in each area, and um, because every every county is set up as into different areas. So we would do an analysis of every single precinct, who is, who, um, is a Republican PC versus a Democrat PC, because you always, you can have, you always wanna have both. Right now in my precinct that I sit in, um, there are 15, different precincts in my area in Moline 1. With that being said, there are only eight PCs in my area. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, there's only seven, so there's eight uh, available positions where Democrats only have two open. So we need a PC in every precinct that, that a Democrat definitely has one in. Um, but then we just break it down precinct by precinct, and we look at it, and we do an analysis to determine how many Republicans, how many, what's the total amount of registered voters, how many Republicans have cast a vote in the last primary, so we'd be looking at the 2020 primary, and then looking at how many Democrats cast a vote, and how many, how many um, is, is needed. So in, let's say in my precinct, there was 100 and one um, cast in Democrats, and then there was 15 Republicans that cast a vote in my neighborhood. So in order to make this precinct red, I need to get 87 more 
people to cast a Republican ballot at the primary out of 540 registered voters. So with that being said, when, when we go through an analysis of every single precinct in every single county, year, the numbers show, the numbers, the numbers are there. Um, and so it's just an analysis. And then, then we get people involved. And so we would ask you to start recruiting PCs. And, you know, we'll come and we'll do a town hall on your behalf. And then we empower you to be able to continue doing the effort. So it's really about empowering the American people to realize the power that they have, the power of we the people. And so we would like to have, you know, an Iowa Freedom Alliance, a Texas Freedom Alliance, a California Freedom Alliance. Uh, You know, every state has a Freedom Alliance. Now all of a sudden we're, you know, um, the American Freedom Alliance. So we would love to have a presence in every single state. So do you deal with candidate recruitment or development for that? We um, really, what, what our goal is with the candidates is to give them a, um, an opportunity to speak, as well as trying to recruit more county board, um, you know, replacing the school boards, uh, running for those positions, because that, you know, that is a huge opportunity that we have to be able to fill those positions um, and get, you know, conservative uh, people on all of those boards. So a lot we, of people have no idea what's involved uh, in becoming a PC or becoming a, an election judge or becoming a candidate. Uh, do you provide or are you thinking about providing some classes or direction for, for candidates like that? Um, we definitely um, would like to um, in what the first step is just, you know, having a conversation. So once once that happens, then the training that they get is here. It's individualized training, so that they know what they're doing, and then they can actually take the same exact presentation that that we are giving and fine tune it for their own county and use it. We want everything we do to be usable by everyone else. Yeah. So right now, it's it's a matter of making connections and. Somebody says, oh, you need to call this person, call them. They get fired up. And then, you know, it's a movement. It's definitely a movement um, that's happening. So we would love to conduct trainings. We would love to conduct classes. Um, and we will probably look at doing things like that uh, when after the primary. Right now it's a matter of getting candidates, um, their petitions signed, the PCs with their petitions being signed, and then taking that step and getting people properly trained. Now, we do have a part two. So part one of our endeavor was getting people involved and getting people to understand what these positions even are. Because a lot of people honestly don't even know to vote in a primary. And yep. there's an education that's happening, right? <laughs> so once, um, once the, uh, the petitions are turned in the week of March 7th, a PC can still, whether they're elected or not, they still have the opportunity to walk around their neighborhood and talk to people and encourage them to vote. And here, here are the candidates. And, you know, please vote for me. I'm going to be on the ballot. If you got your signatures in, you know, that's a great time for you to campaign for yourself as well. So um, that's kind of, that's what we're planning on between, you know, March and July. And then having a huge July celebration 
um, as well. We're, we're starting to plan that. So there will be more information available for you on that, but we are having a great, um, big, huge uh, July 4th celebration. Nice. You have these, yeah. these classes that you provide and, and all this. Uh, are, are you thinking about certifications involved in these type of things? Uh, are you going to have classes where you are going to start doing cert you know, certifying people for positions? Is there any of that kind of thing going on? Well, no, no, um, because, you know, we don't, what, what we don't want is we want people to become p part of the political process. Right, so you're going to declare whether you're a Republican or Democrat. So, um, you know, we we hope that you know the GOP, the local GOP, is providing those opportunities. I know, you know, there's, there's coming up. Um, there is a uh, training that's for PC training and candidate training coming up on um, at the local GOP here in Rock Island. So, you know, that will be, and I'll be attending that. And so we, um, I, I'm anxious to see what they're going to be doing so that we can, you know, work together on things like that. Um, I'd love to be able to work together, be able to provide phenomenal training. Mm -hmm. Right now we're, we're, we're doing it via our town halls. Okay. Well, I know some people, when they take a class, they like to have a piece of paper or something that says that I attended this class and I know something about it. I just wasn't sure if that was something that you were thinking about in the future. Maybe, you know, you attended our advanced PC class, so here's a little little paper I that you were here. Love, I love that idea. Boy, you just given, you just opened up a can of worms for me, Charlie. This is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love this idea. People like I love it. something they can hang on their wall that says, I attended this, I know a little bit more about it, and I did it. So there you go. There we go. I think that that idea is fantastic. I, I Honestly, I love that idea. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't see why we, we shouldn't. So thank you. Thank oh, you for that. <laughs> yeah, on your uh, you'll be seeing that. <laughs> Yes. I was looking at your website earlier. Do you have plans or maybe uh, something coming up where you would start posting some type of online instruction or manuals that people can click on um, for information purposes or anything like that? Well, a lot of that is already available um, through the local GOP. Uh -huh. And so um, that would be something and honestly I, I don't have the answer for that because um, I don't know if we are allowed to be able to do that right there's there are certain things that we should be able to do but we can't or you know that maybe we we don't for a particular reason I don't know why we wouldn't or why we wouldn't have access to that handbook I mean I've received that handbook um, so Online yeah. information, in a lot of cases, you can simply go and click on things and learn and read. And I don't think that that would be something, or I, I mean, again, I don't know, but I don't believe that would be something that would be subject to any kind of infringement as far as that's concerned. I mean, you teach classes on PC and, and election judges and, and that type of thing. It seems like that should be something that would be in the realm of public domain. I would think so. I would think so. I, I do not know the answer to that question. 
Okay. And that is something that I will – I'm taking notes now, Charlie. I want you to know that. <laughs> well, I come up with all these really good ideas, so, yeah. Um, I'm kind of a, a, a problem solver, I guess, or I try to be, and I try to be as helpful with everyone as I possibly can because I'm a real down-to-earth type person. I don't project, oh, arrogance, or I try not to in any way. I want people to be – I was at a meeting today with some uh, – fine young, uh, young ladies, and they were asking me, you know, just point-blank questions. What do you stand for? What's going on in your campaign? And I loved it. That one-on-one, you, know, you can get somebody, and I was telling them this, you can put somebody up in front of a group of persons to give a talk or to campaign, and that person, at least from my standpoint, will sit up there and tell you just what you want to hear because they want your vote. But if you sit down with them, one-on-one or one in a small group, and I've told uh, people down there in Knox County, if you want me to come down there, I will come into your house. You can invite your friends over, and I will sit there, and I will tell you everything you want to know about me. i got nothing to hide, and we'll sit down and just talk about it. Ask me those point-blank questions, and I'll tell you exactly what I feel and how I am on that stance. And I think all candidates should do that very thing. I couldn't agree more because if we don't, the stump speeches are, you know, those are are little memorized Mm -hmm. speeches. But when you sit down with a candidate and you really start asking the questions and the the values come out, uh, there's so many more things that you can, you know, derive from that conversation. Right. rather than what are you going to do about this or what are you going to do about this and you know what that that is one thing that i think is separating you know just the this new you know i, I want to call it the american republican party because we we really are we want to get to know the candidates we right. don't want to just hear a debate and you're going to do this those are those are promises that you're making but if I know who you are as a person, then I can put more value onto actually what you're saying and what you're telling me you're going to do. Well, that's why you never see and hold you more accountable. A, a situation where I'm speaking with notes. Ugh. I go in, I speak from the heart. You know, and I've run into to issues that I never thought as a candidate I would. See, I was up in Carroll County, and I had this young woman come up to me, and she said, Charlie... Can you answer a question for me? said, so why is it that the Democrat Party, they support their candidates, they encircle their candidates, and they promote their candidates as a party, but the Republican Party tends to eat their own? And, you know, I looked at her and I said, I think in a lot of cases it's a lot of ego-type things that are floating around, but the party wants who the party wants. I have run into to situations like this, and I just, I always thought that, that America had what I call the Superman syndrome. We stood for truth and justice, it was the American way, and every candidate would be treated the same, and every voice should be heard, but I am personally not finding that. Uh, my opponent, for instance, has been on uh, Fox News twice. Now, do you think I, as a candidate, could just call Fox News up and say, hey, I'd like to come on and talk to you a little bit about my candidacy? No. Or do you think somebody is pulling some strings? Or do you think where my opponent called 
the Pentagon or whoever and said, you know, I've got these 51 friends over here, and I'd really like to get them out of Afghanistan. You know, can you kick two, uh, kick 51 Americans off that airplane and put those people on and bring them over here for me? Could I do that? Absolutely not. Or do you think somebody is pulling some strings? Now, she's got over a million dollars, you know, and I'm thinking, how does this happen? Because somebody, the party, wants my opponent, and they don't want anyone else. I mean, I've been banned from speaking in Mercer County at their Lincoln Day dinner. Not just not invited, banned. I'm trying to get uh, one of the precinct committeemen to allow me to speak in Stephens County, and he absolutely refuses to allow me to do that. I went to the... Um, Knox County Founders Day, and only my opponent was allowed to speak there. And I got online, and I downloaded Rule 11 of the Republican Party National uh, uh, Bylaws. And Rule 11 says, and I quote, the Republican National Committee shall not, without the prior written and filed approval of all members of the Republican National Committee from the state involved, contribute money or in any kind aid to any candidate for any public or party office of that state except the nominee of the Republican Party or candidate who is unopposed in the Republican primary after the filing deadline for that office in that state in which state law uh, established a nonpartisan primary in which Republican candidates could participate. And that is not happening in my election. And it's not right. It's not right. It's, it's not, absolutely it's not right. right at all. Um, when when you show up to, to an Illinois Freedom Alliance event, Charlie, and let's say you, you, know, you, you didn't know if you were going to make it or not, but you know what? You got there last minute because you had another event. Not sure if I'm going to make it on time. You got there. And you walked in, and we said, Charlie gets 10 minutes. Charlie gets 10 minutes just like every other candidate, correct? Mm -hmm. That's the way it should be. Everyone yes. should have a voice. Everyone should be able to hear what you have to say. Right. The, the fact that this is not just happening to you, and no. it is happening to other candidates as well, is very troublesome. It's almost as though there is a click. And there were, I, uh, I remember in high school, right, that the clique that was always invited to all the party, I was never part of the clique. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's probably, you know, the, that's probably why I, I can, um, I see it. And I, I look at it and I think they're all together or they're, they're all doing their, the same thing and they're, you know, following each other around. But there is um, a... A division in the Republican Party that is unfair to all candidates. Yep. And that is not right. You should, you know, we, we do not feel that that is right. The American people do not feel that that is right. Everyone has a voice. President Trump, when he was, I remember when he was, he was, you know, his inauguration, um, he said he was going to drain the swamp. And that didn't just mean Democrats. 
but he wanted to, to d- dissolve, I guess, what he, what he referred to as the country club Republicans. And I think they want to rebuild that. They want who they want. And it's just not fair to the other candidates. It, it absolutely isn't. And I'm going to stay in this fight until the 29th when I win this primary against my opponent. And then I find out who the Democrat is. But I'm not backing out. I mean, I, I basically self-funded this entire campaign, and I will continue to do so because I believe I'm right and I'm the best candidate for this position. And with the help of the Freedom Hawaii, I mean, you have been supportive and wonderful. Um, the people that I've personally talked to, I've won two straw polls. Right. You know, in this area. You have. The, people, you have. the people want what the people want. And um, that's going to win this election for me. I I agree. I agree. The, uh, the This just opened up the, this conversation um, because there has been there is a video of me floating around of an event that we had uh, in October. It was a rally for freedom. We had you know several hundred people at this event, and everyone seems to be misquoting. You can watch the video, but I was with Illinois First Audit at the time. And so I really wasn't involved with the Illinois Freedom Alliance yet. And so, and being my very, you know, I I hadn't spoken in front of people for quite some time, for years. And so I got up in front of people and I read my script. And I read my script and and I did not deviate from my script. And I went back after I had been told what I said, I went back and reread what I said. And it is absolutely exactly what you're talking about because I had called out a senator and called him personally on the phone and said will you please sign a full forensic audit will you please uh, I'm sorry an affidavit for a full forensic audit and he said no and I said what how can this be how can you not sign this and I received two excuses one because the, the audit didn't uh, wasn't county by county, but on page five, it clearly stated that. And then the second reason why was because Wendy Rogers, who was doing this at that time, I don't remember if you remember this initiative, that she wanted all senators to sign this this letter. Right. And the state of Illinois, no one signed it. And we pushed hard uh, at Illinois First Audit to get this signed. And uh, he said um, that he would not sign this. And he stated to me that we are destroying the Republican Party. And so I, you know, I, I got my, I'm reading my speech right now to you off of my computer, and, and it, I stated, he stated to me we are destroying the Republican Party. I was disgusted with that statement because it is, it is the exact opposite of what we are trying to accomplish. But at the same time, I absolutely have to agree with them. We are destroying the Republican Party that they created. Rebuilding a Republican Party built by we the people. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly, it ties right into what you just said, ironically enough, that the, the Republican Party that we have had has, has played their own games, correct? They have favored certain candidates 
you're not the only one I've heard this from. And it's not just from Rock Island County. It is additional counties throughout the state of Illinois yep. that they are cherry-picking certain candidates, the Republican Party is, and it is um, it, it's very unfair. It's unfair to we the people because we need to be able to hear from every candidate. We need you to be able to stand up at Mercer County and have that stage so that we can hear you. And, you know, and draining the swamp and all of those things and President Trump, you know, giving the government back to we the people. Yeah. And that is such, that was a powerful statement. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. It has been a joy. We are up against the clock right now. Um, okay. I want to thank you for coming on our podcast for part two. Or part two. We may we may need to do a part three. It sounds like Charlie. We just seem to have a lot to talk about, don't we? We really again, do. I, it's been fantastic once again. I thank, thank you. you very much for you for coming on. I hope to speak with you and see you very very soon. Yes. And uh, I want you to have a really good night. Thank you so much, Charlie. Have an amazing amazing evening as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Me. Mm-hmm.